What's going on, everybody? Welcome to the newest episode of the Crane Kicks Lex podcast. Of course, I'm your host, Tyler Crane, here to talk to you guys about everything regarding Lexington Sporting Club. This episode, we're going to talk a little bit about our most recent W League results and upcoming match. We're also going to talk about our matchup on the USL1 side against Richmond this past weekend. Maybe get into a little bit of um, expectations and kind of how we're feeling after the quarterway mark through the season. Talk a little bit about our striker uh, situation and how we're doing up top. Maybe a little bit more. Um, we'll, we'll get into that. We have plenty to talk about. Let's maybe start out um, with the elephant in the room. Three matches this week between our W League team and our USL one team. Um, all three goose eggs. Unfortunately, no points to show for any of those matches. Been a little bit of a tough week, um, but we, we, we've got time. There are some more matches coming up pretty quickly, especially as um, many of you know, if you're following the W League um, so far, matches come very fast. They happen pretty often. It's uh, unusual for us to see too much of a break between those. So remedies can come quickly. Hopefully uh, some extra points coming our way this weekend in that regard. So let's start there. Uh, first matchup for our USLW team um, this past week was actually against Racing Louisville's W League side. So Racing Louisville, their W League side has been around um, obviously a little bit longer than our W League side. They're uh, pre-established as, as one of the teams that existed last year. Um, and they, they did pretty well against us. They put three on us. Um, unanswered goals. We didn't manage to score anything. The same thing actually happened in our next match against Indy 11, also a team that uh, was established. So both matches ended up being 3-0. A little bit tough to tell what happened in the racing game. There wasn't a stream. Uh, so unless you went and enjoyed the game in person, which I wasn't able to do, Tough to, to really pin down exactly what went down um, that caused that 3-0 loss. Um, I was fortunate enough to be able to watch the stream for the game against Indy 11. Um, and, man, Indy 11, they were just on fire. The shots that they were taking were all bangers. Um, there's not really much you could do against some of those. They were screamers um, and just flying right into the net before anybody could make much effort to do anything about them. So that matchup, I think, was just a, a tough one in general. You could tell that their team was gelling and that they were um, on the same page on the field, and it really, really showed in their performance. Uh, it was kind of strange because it was almost like our team w took a slight step back as far as meshing and being on the same page compared to what – I recall seeing in our very first matchup. I don't know if maybe like the excitement was fueling us a little bit more at that point. And this is not to, to diss the efforts of any of the women on the team. They played really, really hard. They played well. Um, it was just a very tough Indy 11 side. Um, and I, I think the difference maker there was just the way that they were connecting. Um, so for all of our efforts, for all of the great work that the ladies were doing out on the field, unfortunately, we ended up on the, the losing side of that battle. But there's plenty more to come. There uh, are more games coming quickly. Um, it, it's not going to be long before we have our next matchup, which is going to be coming up against St. Charles FC 
just this Wednesday. So Wednesday night at 7 p.m., we have another chance to go out and support the ladies as they take on St. Charles. St. Charles is currently at the bottom of our division. They are winless. Um, their matches have not gone their way at all. In fact, I believe they lost 8 nothing against Indy 11. So for us to lose 3 nothing. Um, I don't know if that's just a testament to what we are doing or or what, but um, St. Charles so far has failed to get a result against any teams in our division. I, I hate to make assumptions and say that this could be um, a, a pretty good chance for us to bag a win based on those recent results. But still, you have to wonder if they're in form or maybe they're struggling to gain some traction. And, and this is an opportunity for us to regain our winning ways and score a few more points for us and maybe move us up the table because right now it's looking like Indy 11 and racing Louisville are really on fire and that they're, uh, they're putting in some serious work. So hopefully we can get a positive result, definitely come out and support the W league team, show them some love. I haven't been able to attend the past couple matches in person uh, for personal reasons, but I'm, I'm really looking forward to getting out there to some more matches and supporting this team. They are of course, Really, really important to the LSC, the club, our success. Um, we got our Super League coming our way. I talked about that in the last episode. So this, of course, is going to basically be a feeder into that. Um, so we want to support. We want to support the women's side and show them the same love that we're showing our USL side. So hope to see you guys there. Hopefully we get those three points and come away looking strong. I know that the team is going to put forth their best effort and uh, try and make us all proud. Let's shift gears a little bit to our other disappointing result this week. And that, of course, is going to be our matchup against Richmond. Now, I, I told you all, especially in my write-up, that Richmond was not going to be a pushover. I know that they were middle of the table when we went to go face them, but they are a team that has pedigree. Um, they are uh, a team that has had consistent coaching, consistent success. Of course, they have uh, players that are big-time players as far as their impact on the field. Emiliano Terzaghi, of course, in the lineup, he didn't score, but just his presence alone is something that you have to sweat a little bit, right? Because he's won the golden boot three years in a row, and that is no easy feat. He is currently the reigning uh, goal-producing player in USL 1. So um, leading the league all time in goals scored, you have to be wary, right? Um, but them not relying so much on Terzaghi, I think, has given rise to more players being impactful and being goal-scoring threats than maybe tweaking um, their system and, and figuring out ways to make themselves successful without just putting it all on his shoulders. And I think we saw that this past weekend. You know, I, I talked about in my write-up that Richmond was a team that's very disciplined. They're a team that doesn't really foul a whole lot. They're a team that's very structured, very methodical in how they handle their business. Um, they've been around the block. They're not uh, a fresh new team that's trying to figure themselves out. They know who they are. And even with the adversities they've faced this season, they've still taken the time to quickly figure out who they want to be this season as well. So for this matchup, we decided to go with the same lineup that got us our win against Charlotte last weekend. Uh, we, we started out with Knight in goal, um, Tariq Muhammad, uh, Mario Fox, Green in the back line, Nico Brown, Charlie Mitchell, Domini, Robertson in the midfield. 
Then we had uh, Soso and Atis Div taking up the top half of the field for us at um, our striking pair. So with those that set up, um, with those players in the spots that they were, against Charlotte, we saw a lot of these cutting runs where we were breaking in behind their line and really doing a good job of capitalizing on our speed and using the speed of uh, the players in the middle of the field and the outside to match each other to be able to create those opportunities. And at first we saw a lot of that. It was really exciting to watch the game. Um, it, within the first 15 minutes, we were attacking pretty ferociously. We were constantly assaulting their goal in dangerous spots. Um, I mean, Atas had um, three shots within the first 15 minutes. Um, a couple of them <laughs> looked like they were surefire goals. Um, but it's, it, it's one of those things where you have to also realize the opponent that we're facing. It's not just that Richmond has prolific goal scorers. They have Akira Fitzgerald, who is a ridiculously good goalkeeper. Um, he is very seasoned. He knows what he's doing. He commands the goal. He commands the box. Um, going against him is no easy feat. And so even whenever we see things like Ates being directly in front of goal, trying to send the ball straight in, you have, of course, Fitzgerald sitting right there. And so in those split seconds, you have to make a decision, okay, where am I going to send this? Um, and, and sometimes it can be tough to really redirect and be the keeper like that. And that's what we saw happen, I feel. And that's why the ball end up, uh, ends up going wide, right? But uh, nonetheless, we had a lot of really great looks. I mean, Ates was sending in uh, crosses as soon as the two-minute mark. Uh, Tariq took one of his outside-of-the-box shots, like what we've seen recently, about three minutes in. Um, it, it was very similar to what we saw against Charlotte, where he took those two long-range shots, and they either just went wide of the uh, left side of the post or uh, pinged off of it. Same thing happened here. It goes just wide, but I'm telling you, one of these screamers is going to go in at some point. He keeps going for goal in the same general spot, keeps trying to hit that bottom left-hand corner, um, and I, I think one of them is going to go in sooner than later because he is kicking the heck out of the ball to try and make it uh, get into those spots, and if it's just slightly more on target, we're golden. But I love seeing uh, somebody take those those crazy shots from out far and uh, see what can happen from it. I think eventually it's going to pay off, and I think it keeps the defense and keepers honest as well. It keeps them a little bit on their toes um, because they're not thinking, oh, well, we just have to only worry about if they get into the box where they're comfortable shooting. They're having to stay alert and realize that we're willing to take those shots from out far as well. So, of course, after that Tariq Mohammed attempt, that's when we see that flurry of shots by Atis Diouf where he's really trying to make his mark. Um, and, and make an impact as a striker on this team. We've seen him playing up top pretty consistently here recently, and he's been very impactful. Um, he's doing really, really great. If you guys have uh, followed me on any of my social medias, you, you all know that uh, just recently I posted a radial chart showing some stats related to him in regards to other attackers in the league, um, and he is absolutely knocking it out of the park as far as progressive runs, short, long passes, um, he's dangerous in areas as far as um, expected assist potential. Even thinking about um, the amount of shots on goal he takes, he is currently leading the team with 13 shots on goal. Next up behind him would be Charlie Machel. He's got 11 shots on goal. So prolific shot takers. And Atas Div, I think it's only a matter of time before he connects. 
Um, he's been working so very hard to get into those positions and he's very unselfish. Um, you, you know, he is the type of player that if he feels like somebody else has a better chance, he's going to lay it off to them, which is great to see because you want the best opportunity available. Um, but I also like that in moments he can be selfish with the ball and he's willing to say, okay, this is my time to take a shot. And he doesn't hesitate, right? He He's very decisive and what he's trying to do. Um, and unfortunately, we just haven't seen a goal result from it. But I think he's getting sharper and sharper, and he's getting into those dangerous areas more and more. I, I think that the clock is ticking, and we're going to see a goal very, very soon from him. Because um, it, it seems like every game, he's refining more and more of what he's trying to do. Um, so that final touch is going to come. It's going to click. And then we're going to see him be rewarded for all these shots that he's taken, for all of this work and all this effort that he's been putting in. Because he has not just been a force up top. He's not the type of player that just um, waits as a target man. He's been really instrumental in the, the midfield as well, helping distribute the ball, helping create movement to create uh, uh, opportunities and make it uh, a situation where hopefully somebody on the team can get a shot fired off. So Altes Diouf, his time's coming. I'm, I'm marking it down. I'm going to say that we're not going to have to wait much more than a couple games to see him score a goal. Might even see it coming this weekend against one Docs. At least I hope so. Aside from Altes, um, I, I keep bringing him up pretty regularly, but uh, Fila Delamini, he was very instrumental early on in the game. Um, we even saw him make a run towards the goal, tried to attempt a header, it was knocked away by an opposing player, but I loved seeing him go for goal like he was. And we saw one of his signature through balls. Oh, man, the way that he delivers the ball from the midfield up into the final third for other players to produce something dangerous is a thing of beauty. Um, in this case, he ends up sending it up uh, through the middle diagonally out to Kim. So Soso Kim and then Soso Kim crosses it in for Atis. Um, who takes a shot on goal. And really that starts with Fila in the midfield, finding just that space. He's so good about reading what's happening um, on the field as far as who's going where in the final third and finding those those lanes that he can send a laser-like pass, whether it be over the top or low on the ground. It gets to the people he wants to have it. And then we have those dangerous opportunities present themselves where we can potentially score. So Zlamini continues to be instrumental for us on uh, distribution, especially. And, and when we're talking about chances on goal, those three through balls that he creates um, again, that's getting us more and more in positions to where we are hopefully going to see our scoring take off. So we have a, a few more scoring opportunities in that 15 minute mark, right? A lot of our players are working really, really hard. And then all of a sudden, it's like we stall out. Um, I, I don't know if it's that Richmond uh, took time to feel us out and then they kind of had our number from that point on, or um, if maybe we started to give them a little bit too much respect, something happens. Because from around, I don't know, the 17-ish minute onward in that first half, we're really letting them control the ball. Um, we're giving them a lot of space in their own half. Uh, we're not really pressing them hard. We're allowing them to do what they want and kind of, um, you know, choose their battles and, and, and really 
decide how they want to play. We're not really forcing a lot out of them. Um, and that puts us in a lot of situations where they start taking shots towards our side of the goal. Um, and we start to see ML Knight really fire up. Once again, he has a really awesome uh, performance. I know two goals were scored in this match, but he had some really amazing saves that kept us in the game, kept us in the fight, especially in that first half. Um, a couple of them even diving saves. And just the way that he was positioning himself was amazing. Um, his, his skill and his experience were really showing through here. Um, so, for instance, we had um, conceded a corner kick to Richmond around the 17-minute mark. Um, they send in a cross uh, from the corner and we've got an unmarked Richmond player on the far post who connects with the ball, fires off a shot and Amal's reaction speed. He just turns, collects it immediately, um, saves the, the shot, keeps us in the game. That was one of those moments where it could have easily been a goal um, and it was stopped. And that wasn't the only time that Amal had that. Uh, so, so Knight was really big in this game. Showed once again that he is he's up to the task, he's up for the job. Um, because really the other two scores, they were tough ones. They were tough ones to deal with. Um, especially when you rewatch those and see uh for all of that section of time, whenever they're dribbling the ball around us, um, in and around the box, everybody's positioned pretty well. Um, it's just a matter of selection of pass and shot that ends up winning out the day for Richmond. So when we get into that, that second half, we start to challenge Richmond a little bit more, um, but Richmond is just moving the ball so well. Their structure is so solid. They're not the type of team that um, plays super fluidly. They, they know their roles and they play them well and they hold their structure, um, which really makes them hard to break down, makes them difficult to, to go on the attack against, makes them hard to defend against. And, and that structure, that discipline really shows up at the 61st minute. They're kind of swarming around the box. They're doing a lot of quick passing. Um, and eventually, one of their players just manages to do a low cross all the way across the front of the goal, connects with a player on the far post, sends it in. Everybody's positioning was pretty solid. Um, but that, that goal was just inevitable, I guess, uh, because – Nobody was able to get a, a boot on it. Nobody was able to get a hand on it, whatever, and uh, puts us down 1-0. But as this team always does, they continue to fight. They continue to do what they do and uh, try and scrape back for at least a point, if not a win. But we continue to have more and more pressure put on us. Um, Amel Knight's having to come up big continuously. But we see some some shining bright moments, right? Um, we see James and uh, Balagoon come in. They replace Atis and Soso, kind of switch up our attack a little bit. We see some other changes that occur as well, but that one was one that was interesting to me because that's the first time that we've seen uh, Jalen James up top, especially paired with Balagoon. But I thought that it was a pretty effective pairing because uh, Jalen James ends up getting three shots off, so he ties Atis Diu for most shots in the game for our side which was really encouraging. He was in the box a whole lot, helping things out. Um, there was even 
uh, one point where there was a really unselfish sweet flick from uh, Khalid Balagoon. He gets a hold of the ball in the box and then just kind of flicks it over to Jalen James. Unfortunately, his shot was blocked, but it was a very great idea. Um, I thought that it was phenomenal and it could have easily ended up being a really great goal. But I like the look of it. It was very interesting uh, to see. And I think that that also changed a little bit of the pressure that we were providing um, in the game. I, I don't know if you guys have noticed this, but anytime that Khalid is in a game for us, he is really instrumental in stretching teams because he plays so high up. Um, out of all of our players, he plays the highest up the field in general. And I feel like that keeps defenses honest, keeps them um, where they're having to account for him a little bit more, which provides us more opportunities to move the ball around, um, especially in the midfield and get into those positions. So I really like what happens whenever we see Khalid on the field. And it, I think it's an interesting look to have James alongside him because James provides some of that extra little uh, technical quickness that happens, which could definitely end up resulting in a, a goal at some point. But even with those changes, um, we end up going down another goal. Um, so not necessarily what we want to see, but uh, not much to be done, right? So we have another goal scored against us. Um, and then eventually we end up clawing one back because, like I've said before, this team just does not give up. They were fighting super hard, um, trying to get in there for a goal. And eventually Nico Brown gets tripped up in the box. We get a PK. Don Smart's in for Charlie Machel, who had left earlier in the match because of a head injury. Hopefully, Charlie, you're doing okay. If you're listening to this, I hope that uh, your head injury isn't serious and that uh, you're doing well. Um, hated to see that happen to you and have uh, you leave the game under those circumstances. So definitely thinking about you. I know we want you back sooner rather than later. But um, having Don out there definitely was not a downgrade by any means whatsoever. Don is a great player, and he showed it with his composure with the PK that he took based off of that Nico Brown incident. So um, I think it was uh, really awesome to see. Don go up against Akira Fitzgerald, two very seasoned players. And it's when it comes to PKs, it's not just about who's a prolific scorer, right? It's about who has that experience to kind of um, psych out the opposition. So in this case, you know, Don psyching out Akira, Akira knowing that Don has experience um, doing this type of thing and, and them reading each other. Right. Um, there's a lot of that going on. That's It's very much a mental game whenever you go up for a PK. And I think Don's proved, obviously, time and again, because this is his second PK he scored for us, that he has that type of experience to to kind of read those keepers and be productive in netting those PK opportunities. So uh, thanks to those efforts from the team and Don, we end up at least scraping back, getting a goal off of Richmond. But it wasn't enough. We end up still losing out 2-1. You know, it's it's easy whenever we lose a match to kind of get caught up in the negativity and what went wrong and why we didn't end up winning out or at least getting a draw. But like I've said before, Richmond was always going to be a tough team. It's just how it was. Uh, their place in the table didn't really speak to who they are as a team. Um, they were somebody that we were going to have to go to their house, which is regularly packed, 5,000-plus fans, and prove that we could take them down. And it just didn't shake out that way for us this time. But we had a lot of really great performances. 
um, from the team. I mean, everybody did their job well. Some particularly good ones. Obviously, um, Amel Knight, three saves. Two of them were diving. All of them were inside the box. He had three punches, a high claim, six recoveries. So he was huge in keeping that scoreline relatively low compared to what it could have been. Nico Brown, um, he completed 94% of his passes, had a chance that he created, won the PK, of course, that got us our goal, took a couple shots, um, keeping the defense honest. Otis and Jalen had three shots each, so we had some prolific shot taking coming from our striking core. And then um, Charlie, before he had to leave out, he was doing really great, created two chances, had a shot, four passes into the final third. Um, two for two on tackles, had a clearance and interception, two recoveries, was winning a majority of his duels. So some really, really strong things to come um, from this team going forward, especially considering how they perform in a match where um, we were up against a tough opponent. Somebody I also want to highlight, um, because we weren't sure we were going to have him, right? We, we were uncertain that we would have Kalem Fox for this match because of the red card that he earned in the Charlotte matchup which definitely wasn't a red card. I'll say it again. And luckily, my opinion, I guess, is validated because um, they appealed his red card. He ended up playing in this match for us. And I do think that that was a huge difference maker for us. Without Kalem Fox, we lose a lot of that leadership on the back. Um, we lose a lot of height, a lot of experience. Um, and just to give you an idea of the impact he had on the game, he had 92% of his passes that came up as accurate. So it was like 48 out of 52. So distribution-wise, came up massive for us. Um, had five passes into the final third. 78% uh, accuracy on long balls, so seven out of nine. 100% um, of his tackles had two blocks, three clearances, um, two headed clearances, an interception, and six recoveries. Not only that, he won 100% um, of his ground duels. So having him in the mix for this match – uh, was a major factor in my mind. You know, like I said, the whole team, it was a whole team effort and everybody did their job and did it well. Statistically, if you look at it, we weren't being outplayed by Richmond. Uh, statistically, everything was pretty evenly matched, honestly. But we did have a lot of individual performances within the team that were helping to complement what was going on across the field. And so I, I feel like having um, Caleb was a big thing for us. Uh, that, that appeal of the red card was a big difference maker. I think the game could have been a lot uglier um, without him on that back line, um, especially considering the fact that he's been such a consistent piece. You know, it, consistency is key in a lot of ways. Um, you know, you want to switch up the field, switch up your lineup whenever it's necessary. You want to adapt and adjust to the game. But at the same time, you need those consistent leaders, those consistent performers that kind of serve as the glue for what you're doing and what's happening on the field. And definitely um, props to him and, and everybody else on the team for that outstanding performance and a very, very tough game. Um, cause I, cause I will say they did well. Um, I, you know, feel how you want to feel about a loss. I understand losses are tough. They're never nice. I don't like them. Um, I want to be able to brag. I want to be able to tell everybody that we're the best and we're winning everything, but we still can't take away from the fact that um, we, we had some solid showings from many of our players. So going forward into the remainder of the season, I think that we do still have some questions that we got to answer about um, consistent goal scoring 
I mean, we, we have players that are stepping up. We have players that are getting into dangerous chances. And I feel like I'm a broken record talking about this week after week. And it's not because I'm trying to, to beat a dead horse, right? I'm not trying to, to be down on our, our striking corn because that's not what it is. It's not one individual player, right? We as a team have to find a way to make those goals work. But we also have to get those pairings and those finishes right. So I don't know um, if we're going to be seeing some some different things. I know a couple of weeks ago, Will Bainham wasn't in the lineup because of a hamstring issue. Um, this last week against Richmond, he wasn't in the 18. Neither was Patterson. So I don't know what's happening there. I don't know if we're going to see them um, come up in one of these experiments that we're running. Because honestly, our, our front two, it's been consistently uh, a bundle of different experiments. And we've seen some consistency here and there, right? Like Otis Diouf is pretty regularly in their starting we're seeing Khalid Balagoon come in um and being used almost as like a, a, a super sub if you will um so I'm, I'm curious if we're going to continue to see more playing around with our striking roles and see what might happen um I definitely do like that we are doing that because I think that it's not only keeping teams guessing but it's giving us an opportunity to really figure ourselves out and then see what's going to work best for us combo wise and um how we can link up a little bit more solidly to eventually start becoming consistent goal scorers. Um, so it's, it's a patience game, right? And I know everybody's tired of hearing that and we're a quarter way through the season and hearing we'll be patient, be patient can kind of get to people. But I think that we still have plenty of time left uh, and it's, it's gonna, it's gonna come, it's going to start gelling and working together. So speaking of quarter of the way through the season, I actually, on, on my socials, I was asking people how they felt about what's gone down in general now that we are at the um, one-fourth of the waypoint through the season. And in general, positive. Um, I mean, obviously, there are some people that have mentioned, well, winning would be nice. Consistency in goal scoring would be nice. And that is definitely understandable. Everybody likes winning. Everybody likes cheering when goals are scored. And I'm one of those people, like, I would love to see us win more. I'd love to see us score more goals. I think everybody wants that. I think the players want that. The coaches want that. Fans want that. I don't know anybody who would argue against wanting those two things to happen more often and more consistently. Um, so that is a valid point for sure, especially because, you know, winning is fun. And in your first season, you want to see a team be successful. And that's really, in a lot of ways, how um, people define success in sports, right? But there are also other ways of defining success. Um, a lot of people out there are pretty positive about the idea that we are um, consistently playing well. Um, results don't always go our way, but you can tell that the players care and that they are trying very, very hard on the field, which I think creates a really awesome atmosphere for fans to get behind teams. Uh, you, you don't want a team that's out there winning, but then could care or couldn't care less uh, about the fans or, or anything else that's going on in the city. And I feel that our players aren't that way, right? I'd rather have players that are real human beings that care, that want to do well, that have passion, that have drive, um, and we'll eventually get there, right? Uh, the, we're seeing the progression go uh, more and more through the season, and we're going to see things start to connect um, as, as we always do. And a lot of this too comes down to us feeling out each individual team. For every team, this is our first time playing them ever. Um, you can watch film all day. You can study up on teams. But at the end of the day, a lot of these teams have changed pretty drastically from last year to this. 
um, a lot of these teams, you still need to to play against them to get a good feeling and vibe for how to counter them for what assets you have that can combat the assets they have. And so that's all going to come with time. And we have multiple chances to, to play each team in the league this year. We have several chances to go up against a lot of these opponents and figure them out and turn results around. So it is a long season ahead. So I've really been happy um, with how things have gone, at least as far as the investment from the, the club and the players and the coaches and just the drive and the passion. And I think a lot of other fans, based on those of you all that um, have been talking to me, communicating with me, posting, DMing me, I, I think a lot of us feel similarly in that way, right? We like the idea that we have soccer here, that we have a pro team, that it's a team we can get behind. We It's a team we can see is growing. Um, it, and and if, if we don't have a championship year one, it's not the end of the world. I did a piece a while back, and I think I've mentioned this before, where I really broke down the opportunities um, or I guess really odds of a year one team making the playoffs and winning everything outright. And it just doesn't happen. Not in this league. It's just not something that occurs even for the most successful teams. So we do have to be patient in that regard and understand that this is a, a long game. This is a long process. We have a lot of players that have potential and that potential is going to build and develop and it might not just be over one season. We might see a lot of these players that are having to have their potential drawn out and developed over more than one season. And I would love to see many of these players and ideally all of these players back to develop with us. But I know how this is. And, and at the end of the day, this is a business and players are going to have to make decisions that are best for them. But I'd love to see all of these players continue to grow and develop with our team um, because they're all great guys. They're all great players. And I love having them represent this team. So maybe to put things into a little bit of context for people that are feeling a little bit down about our current standings or the current results. Right now we're 11th on the table. We're technically tied with Central Valley. Um, they're 12th, but we have the same number of points in the same number of matches. But there is still time. There's still time for us to grow. Um, this week, I think the highest we can go, if I if I did the numbers right, if I looked at the matchups right, is like 10th, maybe 9th. Um, but if we can win and secure like a 10th or 9th place finish, next week we can gain some more momentum and close that gap. None of the gaps that currently exist with the teams in the table are insurmountable. They're, they're nothing that we can't overcome if we start kind of turning the gears right and this coming week, we actually have a pretty solid opportunity to play a team we've already played before, which I think can be a benefit to us, which obviously it's a benefit to them as well. But I think that we'll have a little bit more um, information, a little bit more to go off of for creating a game plan. But a little bit more perspective for us. The losses that we've had, right? So we've had several losses so far. and We've had five total. One loss came from third place Knoxville. So they're third place in the league, right? We had one loss from Greenville who every single year is a contender and makes the playoffs, right? We have a loss from NCFC, arguably the hottest team in the league right now. Um, they are absolutely just putting in work. And I know that they've had a, a couple results not go their way, but overall they're running away with the league right now. We've had a loss against Richmond who also is a, a team that experiences high levels of success last season. 
They um, won as far as uh, the regular season is concerned. They didn't win the championship, but regular season winners um, had the most wins out of everybody, most points, right? Um, so they came away with that. Um, and then our other loss was against Chattanooga, who at the time seemed a little bit vulnerable, but also even despite their changes that they've had, that is still an organization that was in the championship, played in the championship last year. They actually had uh, Jimmy Weekly come back, who was the coach that led them to the championship and through the championship. He came back as an assistant the week that we played them. So it, it's not like we've been getting hammered by a bunch of teams that are just pushovers. All of our losses have come from teams that have done really, really well for many years or did really, really well last year. The one exception being Knoxville. But I, I kind of take that one with a little bit of uh, a grain of salt because that was our very first match ever. Um, and so things are going to happen, right? You, you're not always going to come around and get a win in your very first match ever um, that your team is, has been put together and playing professionally. So even so, even if you do want to say, well, yeah, they could have easily lost as well. Sure, but now they're third place in the league. So they're showing that they are a tough team, that they they can really scrap and then they can get to good positions in the table by getting those results. So as much as it might pain us to look at the points that we've lost so far, um, I don't think that this is anything to, to start ringing the alarm bells over. We've played a lot of tough teams. We have the opportunity to play each of them again and hopefully figure them out by the time that we play them again um, and have a game plan together to start getting those wins. Another encouraging thing, um, we've had some positive results at home. Out of our home matches, we only lost one. The other ones were either ties or wins, which is awesome. <laughs> I mean, um, getting wins and draws against tough opponents at home is a really fun experience. Um, I know I absolutely love it, right? It's way better than a loss for sure at home. But I think that that's um, something to be said that maybe we're starting to see our team um, have a little bit of that, that good luck from being at home, having some of that home field advantage, which not all teams enjoy, right? If you play, paid attention to Tormenta last year, Tormenta could not buy a win at home. They were winning on the road plenty, but they could not manage to win at home for almost anything. So I think it's it's nice to see that that fan support is helping fuel our team to getting positive results at home. And I really hope that we can continue that because I think if people continue to show out and cheer for this team, we're going to see that momentum stay. Um, and honestly, if we can keep winning at home, that's going to do a lot for us in the long run and might get us in that push. So even if we're not seeing those away matches go the way that we want, um, I, I think that could be a pretty big difference maker. So I guess what I'm trying to say is it's easy to maybe feel a little bit deflated based on our position in the table, but we still have three-fourths of the season to go. Um, three-fourths of the season to make up a lot of those points. Three-fourths of the season to see all this hard work that our team is doing pay off. Um, and I think it's there. It's there. I, I know that we have some people that are skeptical. I interact with plenty of people that are skeptical and uh, maybe – pin me down as being too optimistic and I'll own that. I, I am sometimes too optimistic on things, but I do genuinely feel like we have the pieces there and that our team um, is clicking more and more each time. So I hope that we can really show that when we go play this weekend against one Knox, that's going to be a fun one. 
<laughs> I know we shifted a little bit, but I cannot wait to play one Knox this weekend because uh, they handed us our first loss ever. And and granted, it was in their home territory. Um, so a little bit tough for us. We were a brand new team, but I want to pay them back. I want to make sure that they don't have the ability to, to have bragging rights for beating us two times in a row, especially don't want them to be able to say that they beat us in our own home stadium. I, I do not want this. I do, I do not want them to, to have those bragging rights. So I really, really want everybody to show up. I'm going to be bringing um, a buddy of mine. He's never been to a soccer game. So I'm going to take him for his first soccer game this weekend. So that way he can hopefully enjoy and experience the atmosphere as we cheer on this team against our rivals. Um, Cause they're going to need our support. These guys are going to need that fuel from the crowd. Um, I know the Railbirds are going to be ready. They're going to be coming up big and uh, and helping us out with that. So I can't wait. But uh, definitely show out for this one. If there's any game that we need people in the stands, it's going to be this rivalry game. So be there. Um, help out with the cheering. Um, before we, we leave, I definitely want to take a moment to give a shout out to um, Gary Willoughby's family. Member of the Railbirds, um, unfortunately lost his battle with uh, brain cancer here recently. So we're missing a member of our family, of our community. Um, I really, really hope that um, we can get something going. I know the Railbirds said that they're going to try and find some ways to honor um, him and his family here soon. Um, it hurts to lose a member of this community. I, I know what his family must be feeling. I've lost uh, a couple of family members recently to cancer myself. So I know it's a tough thing to go through. Um, so support each other, um, help one another, be cool to each other. Um, and, and I hope that we can honor Gary's memory um, through our efforts, through these games um, and whatever the Railbirds and the club come up with that can kind of keep his, his memory rolling. So definitely shout out there. So on, the, on that note, y'all, uh, I hope to see you guys Saturday. I hope that this is a, a good matchup. I hope we end up winning. Um, don't forget to Wednesday, W League game. Um, we we got to hopefully get those three points there as well, keep that momentum. That season is much, much shorter, so a lot less forgiving. So we really need to capitalize on whatever points we can get. Um, but the ladies need your support just as much as our USL1 team does. So show out to those W League games. Give them support. Um, Wednesday, 7 p.m. Of course, our League One matchup is going to be Saturday at 7 p.m. I hope to see you all out there. I will be out probably in the tailgating lot with the Railbirds. So come say hi. Um, I, I know I've had a few people that I know say that um, they know people that go to the games. And apparently um, they wanted to say hi to me, but then they didn't want to say hi because they didn't want to be awkward. Come say hi. <laughs> it's totally fine. I love talking to people. So I, I love it whenever people you know show up and, and strike up conversations. So if you want to come find me, I'm always uh willing to chat with you all. Um you can usually also find me down in uh like section 102 hanging around. Um so look to see looking forward to seeing you guys there. Um and let's get this win against Knoxville. Until next time, you all see ya.